Wow. I'm tired. I'm tired looking at that video, aren't you? That's a little tiring. I don't know if that represents your week. Sometimes it's mine, but I want to slow down right now. Let's, let's all start out just go. Wow. Well, welcome, everybody, to our service on this rainy weekend. And uh, I just want to say, if you're a guest here today, we're really glad that you're here. We're in the middle of this series called Full Filled. Okay? Full. And the whole idea is that a lot of us are full, but we're not, say it with me, filled. Filled. And you saw it on the intro video, right? And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got raindrops here in the background. What's that all about? We're going to talk about that today, what, what that whole idea. And, you know, if you're tracking with us online, it's great to have you guys online, but we wish you were here in the room, except you, you guys in uh, Santa Rosa. Say, turn around and say hey, hi to everybody in Santa Rosa. Hey, hey. They've got a, a little, little church that meets in a uh, community center, and they, they watch our services for their service. So, uh, wow, we get to be with them all the way up in Santa Rosa. But uh, if, if you're a guest here today, I want to welcome you. But if you're also a member here, I want to welcome you too. It's great to have you. Uh, you know, on a rainy weekend, I don't know why, but sometimes people get fearful to come to church. It's a Southern California thing. People get afraid to come to church on a rainy day. Have you noticed that? Like if they have an event, you know, or, or if it's raining, the stores are empty. It's a great time to get out and do stuff. Because uh, people, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, you know, church is a time when it's raining. We need to come to church. You know why? Because we need to give thanks to God that he sent some rain. Because we need a lot of rain, right? It's a great time to worship God and say, thank you, God, for sending the drops. We need more. Can you please send more? But thank you for what you have sent. So today we're in this uh, series, and I appreciated Mike. He kicked it off for us last week. He, uh, he, he started out with this idea of give and take. I love this quote that he gave us last week. It says, there has never been a time more than now where lives have been fuller while souls are emptier. This is the right reason why we're doing this series, guys, in case you're wondering. Uh, our lives are, are crowded. We got so much stuff going on. There's so many things that are vying for our attention, yet our souls are empty. And, and, and we need to understand that. And God, I believe, has a message through this series to really help us understand how to be filled filled more with him and less of us. And so today we're going to continue and we're going to look at the book of Malachi. Can you, say, can you say Malachi with me? Okay, the book of Malachi. Now don't stress, where is Malachi? Okay, don't, don't panic. It's in the Bible. Okay, it's, it's basically Matthew, Matthew, then one to the left. Okay, one to the left. Okay, so if you brought your Bible, uh, go ahead and open it. If, if you have the old school, turn to it. If you have the new school, go ahead and open it in, in your, your uh, whatever it is, your device. In Malachi chapter 3, and this is what we're going to be studying today, the prophet Malachi has some words from God for us in 2016. Look what he says here, 
chapter 3, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Can we just go ahead and thank God the fact that he doesn't change? Can I get a little audience participation? Because, you know, there are some very unreliable people in our lives, undependable, like a whole lot of drama, ups and downs, and it's so good to know that God doesn't change. Isn't that awesome? That he can be a firm foundation, a stable rock in our lives, that we don't have to go up and down. And he says this, so that you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. You know, with all the up and down, our lives can be ripped apart. But he's saying, listen, I don't change you, so if you want to hold on to me, you know, you're going to have a firm foundation. And I'm really glad that you made the choice to be here in church today and not doing other things because you're going to have a firm foundation. And I believe the more that we do this, the more we're going to have a firm foundation. And I don't know about you, but I need a firm foundation because it gets crazy sometimes. Okay, and the older I get, it gets to me a little bit more. Okay, and so we read on, verse 7. He continues. Now, he's got a bone to pick with the people of Israel, and he goes into it. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And, and, and this was, a, this was a, a, a word from God from Malachi to the people of Israel that they had distanced themselves from God. And their lives were filled up with a lot of other things, and they didn't have a whole lot of time for God. And God brings the word and says, listen, you, you guys got to come back to me. I don't know where you are today, but maybe this, this message applies to you. That, you know, you got, you got some things going on, and you need to come back to God. But they, did, they didn't quite get it, but how, how do I come back to a God? And maybe you're a guest here today. How do I come back to an invisible God? How do I do that? And we're going to talk about that today, how to return to God. But I appreciate the fact that God is promising, if you come back to me, it's not over. I'll come back to you. Verse 8. Will a, or will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. You ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings you are under a curse. Your whole nation is under a curse because you are robbing me. So how did they distance themselves from God? By not giving back to God. And he says it very specifically in tithes, not tides like the ocean, tithes, which means a tenth, and offerings. You're under a curse. In other words, what he's saying is, you have all this stuff, but it's leaking out. It's leaking out. You have so much, but yet it just it kind of slips through your fingers. It's leaking. And with all this prosperity, it seems like we don't have enough. And, and this whole idea of, and I, I got a question for us. Because it was a good question, but you ask, how are we robbing God? How do you rob God who has everything? 
He's the provider. How do you rob God of anything when he has everything? I mean, that, that, I can understand their question. How are we robbing, robbing you, God, when everything, you have everything, you own everything, everything's yours. How can we as people rob you? Right? I get that. And he explains it right here in tithes and offerings. He goes on in verse 10. He says, bring, bring, the, whole, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it to be stored. Somebody say, I need more storage space. You know, when we rob God, we rob God of his ability to bless our lives. That's what he's trying to communicate to Israel. Listen, guys, I want to bless you with so much stuff. I want to just throw open the floodgates. I want to shower down on you so much blessing. You don't have enough space for it. You need to go and get some more storage space for how I want to bless you. But because Because you're not giving to me and you're not giving to people around you. You're not giving to my work. You're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. And that's how we rob God. So, This is how much. He goes on, verse 11, he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. He says people are going to take notice of you. They're going to notice something about you, that God is with you and he's blessing you, and he's working in your life, and it's like, man, there's something different about you. You've got it going on. This is what God wants to do with his people. But what was the problem? The problem was there was something wrong with the flow. See, things come from God, and they need to flow. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to fix it. Look to three people, give them a fist pump, and say, we're going to fix it. Go ahead. We're going to fix it. Say it. Say, I want to hear you say it. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. If you're a guest here today, I want you to say, God's going to fix it. We're going to fix it. See, what he's saying is, I want to bless you, but I can't because the flow is not working. And today we're going to learn about the flow, how to fix the flow. If you feel like God is not helping you, he's not working in your life, and there's, there's things going on, it's getting a little chaotic, and there's an emptiness, and there's stuff going on, that's an indicator. There's something wrong with the flow. Are you with me so far? And, and here's the thing. God wants to bless us 
with so much, so much. He wants to help us, but it comes down, if you want to summarize the whole book of Malachi, message of Malachi, one word, one word, return. If you'll just come back to me, everything is going to work out. So if you would, let's bow our heads and let's, let's ask God to help us this morning because I, I need some help with this message. I don't, I don't feel that you're, you're understanding what I'm saying, so let's pray so God can help us all. Pray with me. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the words of Malachi. Thank you, God, that you sent him to help your people and you sent him and it was written down on a scroll so, and it was preserved so we can have it today in 2016 because I believe, God, if the same thing applies to us. We're robbing you of the opportunity to bless us and bless our world and bless our surroundings. Father, we ask you this morning in the name of Jesus that your spirit will speak to us and with us. Father, I, I pray that you'll fill me with your spirit, and I pray that no matter where we are today, I pray for our friends that are here is visiting with us, God, that today they can understand that you want to bless them, but they've got to return to you. Father, I pray that you'll help all of us return and to take an honest evaluation of our lives to see what place you have in them. Thank you, Father. We love you. We need you. Help us. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's something that you need to understand about God. God has a solution for every shortage in your life. God has a solution for every shortage in your life. Stop and think about that. Because, you know, I know a lot of us spend too much time thinking about, well, I'm short. I'm lacking. We, we don't have enough. And there's a reason that you don't have enough in your mind is because something's wrong with the flow. And so, so today we want to learn, how, God, how can you open up the floodgates in our lives so that there won't be this shortage? Because I know you have everything we need and, and this idea is this, God has all the supply. You, you know about supply, right? Okay, when you go to a warehouse, what do you see when it's just full of stuff? And that shipment comes in, what do you see in the warehouse? Supply. But shortage, let's talk about shortage. How is it that if God has all the supply, his people, his people live in shortage? How does that happen? How can we as children of the supplier have a shortage? And see, that was happening to the people of Israel with Malachi, and Malachi was trying to help them understand. And I know a lot of us are living in shortage right now. And you need to understand is that we serve a God who can take care of all of our needs. Let me give you an example. October 1st, through the 5th of 2015, a hurricane hit South Carolina for five days. The Carolinas of the United States in those five days had a, 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 a cumulative rainfall 
of 11 trillion gallons in five days. Trillion, not billion, trillion gallons of water. You say, well, that, that, what, is tri- what is 11 trillion gallons? Good question. 11 trillion gallons, so that you, you understand, 11 trillion gallons, let me get my information here because it's important that you know, will fill 636,000 swimming pools. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a lot. Go ahead and, sh- go ahead and shove them and say, that, that's a lot. Not too hard, just, just a little nudge. That's a lot. That's so much that you could take 120,000 Rose Bowls. You know the Rose Bowl? You can fill up 120,000 Rose Bowls to the tip, to the brim, so that it's flowing over. That's how much water in five days fell on the Carolinas. Now, here's the crazy part. Coincidentally, in December of 2014, NASA from space figured out how much the drought we would need in order to end the drought in California. Do you want to know what the amount they approximated would end the drought in California? You ready for this? Approximately 11 trillion gallons would end the drought in California. Is that crazy? How is it that the God of so much supply can't get all that supply to the destination? Now, I'm not saying we need five days of, you know, and I know how some of you guys are because you start thinking, you go, well, we don't need five days of, because uh, it won't stay, it'll run off into the ocean. You'll, you'll go into that. You'll know, you'll do the, you'll do the, you don't, you're, you're missing the point. What I'm saying is in five days, God can give, you know, 11 trillion gallons. He can end the drought like that. He's, the, he's got all the supply that we need. Why are we living in drought when he's got everything? Why are we living in shortage when he has all that we need? You know, the truth of the matter is, God God is trying to get through to us that the heavens are heavy with the supply that you and I need, but there's something going wrong with the direction. See, it's not getting from here to here. And that was his problem with the people of Israel. All this supply is not getting to you. And he gets very specific. Why? How is it that you're not getting the supply? And he says it right here. You know, and this is true of nations. There are nations in our world today that have an incredible shortage. How is it that they live in shortage and people want to get an attitude with God when God's got the answers if people will be quiet, be humble, and listen? I mean, that sometimes blows my mind how people get an attitude with God and they don't stop and listen to him, seek him for answers. You know, and you think about time. 
We have so much time. You say, well, I don't have enough time in the week. Do you know that you have as much time as the President of the United States? And, and I think he gets a lot done in a given day. The most effective, efficient, productive people on the planet have as much time as you do. How is it that there's a shortage then? And resources. I, I don't have enough resources. How is it that you don't have enough resources when God has all the resources? Stop and think about that. And Malachi is saying there's a leak. There's a leak. There's a problem with the flow from God to us, to his people. So if someone were to come to me and ask me as a minister for premarital premarital advice. Okay, what do you think we need as a couple if we're going to get married? What do we need? You know, and I would tell them, you, you need fixed values. Say it with me. Fixed values. And what I would tell, and we do this with couples, we have these premarital talks, and we tell them, here's one for you. Be the first one to say, I'm sorry. Man, that's a great one. That's an awesome one. And I got to confess, my wife is usually the one who practices that fixed value. But I win sometimes. It's a lot less, but I do it. See, because I know that's something. If I practice that, my marriage is going to go well. I got another one for you. This one's going to blow your mind. Don't go to bed angry. That's a fixed value. But I'm afraid for some of you, if you try to put that into practice, that fixed value, you may not sleep for three days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember early in my marriage, I remember early in my marriage, my wife and I had that fixed value, do not go to bed. We were up one night till 3 a.m. And we were delirious. And it was round and round and round. Well, and finally it's 3 a.m. I'm going, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? Because I just want to go to bed. <laughs> That's a fixed, fixed value. You with me? Okay, that's what I would tell couples. Another fixed value is you need to have a weekly time with your wife where you can sit down and, and have a meal together and talk and go over what happened in the week and how you're doing and everything else. You need to do that. Laura and I do that on Mondays. Now, have we missed a Monday? Absolutely. In our 26 years, we've missed it. But it tries, I try to have a regular practice where we sit down on Monday and we talk. And sometimes there's not enough money to go out to, di to lunch somewhere, so we go to some place and we get some chips, free chips, some chips and water, and we share a number one. Or sometimes it's a picnic. But we need to do it. It's a fixed value. How many of you, let's change it up a little bit, how many of you exercise regularly when you have time? No, 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 when you have time. Like you will exercise when you have time. No, you, you can't do it that way, right? If you're going to exercise, it has to be a fixed 
value a fixed time that you do because if you try to wait for you to have time, guess what? You won't do it. Here's another one for you. We don't need as much food as we think. I'm, I'm learning this, okay? The older I get, the older I get. Because see, when I was younger, college student, younger man, I used to think that I needed a lot of food. But what I'm learning as I get older is I don't need as much as I think. So I need to eat less. See, I need to get the flow right. See, there's a lot of things. You know, when a bank wants to give you a loan, guess what they look at? They, 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 look, at, they look at how much money is coming in, Right? They look at the flow. Do you have enough money coming in in order for us to give you this loan, right? Everything's about flow. And if they're going to give a business a loan, they look at their cash flow. And they say, no, we can't give you a loan of that amount because you don't have enough flow. So today, we're going to fix it. All right? We're going to fix it. And you're going to get the opportunity to fix it. Okay? You're going to understand. It's going to be very, very clear. I'm going to make it super clear for you. And the flow is going in the wrong direction is the problem. And that's how we can fix it. If we can just get the flow going in the right direction. That's why when the flow is not going in the right direction, we have what? Go ahead and say it with me. Shortage. Shortage. We have a shortage. So let me make this super clear for you. I brought, I brought an illustration for you guys because I think it's important that we see this. I'm a visual person, and, and I think it's important that we see things. Okay? This is going to get crazy up in here, so you better get ready. Okay? And I thought about, you know, what would be an illustration of, of kind of my life, how it can get if the flow is not... Right? Okay, you ready? This, this is me. Okay, it's like this shop vac. Okay? You know what shop vacs do? Go ahead, you can say it. Some of you are afraid to say it in church. Okay, afraid to say it. You know what they do? This sucks, right? And see, the flow, the flow of a shop vac is all in. It's all coming this way. You know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little hungry right now. Uh, you mind if I take a break and, and get some, some food? Because I'm, I'm really hungry. I'm, I'm kind of low on sugar. Rodell, could you come here? Could you bring that, ba- that diaper bag? Yeah? Let me get you a mic because I need to talk to you. Can you turn on the green one, Chris? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good. Got that, huh? Wow. That was good contact. Yeah? It's good. Here you go. Hey, so uh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm a little hungry. Uh, I know you got some snacks for the kids in the bag. Um, do, what you, do you got anything today? You know what? I think I got something for my son, some uh, Fruit Loops. 
You have some what? Fruit Loops. Oh, really? Yeah. C- They're can my I, kids, though. Can, I'll give you some. Can I have some? Sure, sure. Okay. Hold, hold on. Let me get my, uh, let me get my, my thing going on here. Because I'm really hungry, guys. This, this, is, this is me right here. See, this is me. Okay. You guys still hear me? Okay. All in racket. What you got? That's some Fruit Loops. I need some of that. Give me some of that. Mm, I'm gonna give me that. Give me some of that. Give me that. Give me that. Give me all that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. I'm so hungry. You don't understand. Thank you. Thank you. I can't get that and that. Mm. That's good. What else you got? You know what? I think I have some fishies. Some fishies? Yeah, Let me see the fishies. You're gonna have to spare some of these for my Let me son. See the fishies. Oh, yeah, fishies. Love goldfish. Goldfish. Let me see. Give me some of that. Mmm. Mmm. Give me some of that. Mmm. Give me some of that. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh. Oh. Awesome. That's great. Hey, you got anything else? What you got? I'm going to need just one more thing, just a little more. What do you got? I think I'm pretty dry, but I might have a few bucks. Got some money? Got, you got an apple? Oh, you know what? I do. Uh, you usually carry around fruit. You're right. And you got an apple? Where's that apple? Let me see. Give me that apple. Mm, give me that. Mm, give me that. Awesome. That's going to help me for later. Okay. Uh, what about some money? I'm running low on money for later, so I'm going to go out to lunch. If you got any money on you, I need some of that. How much money you need? Let me see what you got. A couple bucks. Let me see. Let me see. Whoa. All that too? Bro, you're awesome. Is that it? Thank you. Okay. Right. Have an awesome Thanks, day. Later. Okay. Thank you. Hey, if your kids need some food, I think out the welcome table, okay. they, got, they got some. Okay, some bars. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. You're awesome. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Crazy, huh? See, this is me. Where's the flow going? It's all coming into me. See, and this same principle of it's me can work for you. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this could be you. See, because in your life, you get around people, and who's it about? How's the flow going with you? I'm not speaking to the teens, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking to you guys, but I will talk to the college students. How's the flow? Okay? How's the flow? Are, 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 is it all going in? And, and then, you know, it's not just you, but we could look at a marriage could be like this, okay? A marriage could be like this. See, uh, that, that focus on the marriage is all about who? It's all about that married couple. You ever been about a marriage, around a married couple that it's all about them? They're kind of to themselves, and they're here, but they're not really here, and they come and they go, and it's just, it's like, okay? 
What's wrong with the flow with that, that married couple? Then, you know, it could be a family also. That family, they, they, they've, they've got, you know, they're pretty much to themselves. Uh, it's all about them. You know, they're sporting activities, and they're going from here to there, and there's no time for anybody else. It's just, it's going right in. You know, we, we can go on and on about this. You know, it could be a family. It could be even a, even a church. It can be like this shop vac, okay, where it's all about us. And it's all going in to us. We don't have a whole lot left over for anybody else. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and this, is, this is what was happening. This is what was happening with the church or, or the people of, of Israel is they, they were doing this. They were robbing God. And it says here, Will a mere mortal rob God, and yet you rob me? And you, they ask, well, how are we robbing you? You have everything. In tithes and offerings. See, I don't have enough, so I can't give anything. What's that, what's that look like? Let me show you what a tithe is, because this is important that we, we see what a tithe is. Okay. I have 10 ones here. This could be 10 fives, could be 10 tens, could be 10 hundreds, okay, Benjamins. But for today, it's just 10 ones. What's a tithe? A tithe is this. It's one of the 10. So if you make 10, you give one back to God. Say, God, I give this to you. 10%. That's a lot. Do you know how much I make? And see, that could be the mentality. That's a lot, you see. But that's the wrong way to look at it. You have to understand that God supplied you with the other nine. But we focus on the one, the, the 10%, and we miss it. Where does the supply come from? Where does all of it come from? It comes from God. Now, you may not believe that. That's up to you. But at some point in your life, you're going to figure it out. Everything comes from God, including... That breath you just took. And it's amazing that he only wants 10. That's the starting point. And they weren't giving God the 10. They were saying things like, well, I'm going through a tough time right now. And so you want, you want God, you want the tithe to be less, so let's make the, let's make the nine less so that it's less. How about that? Is that cool? We'll make the income less so that it's not as much. The 10% won't be as much. You know, and, and this was taught to me as a college student, guys, in 1985, this principle of tithing. I, I was a college student. I'm so, so glad they taught me this because I had a part-time job, wasn't making a lot of money. But I realize, you know what? If I want God to, to, to bless me, I got to free him up to do it. See, that's how we rob God because we're, we're like the shop back that we take and take and take and take and we don't want to give. 
And our fixed value, our fixed value is not fixed. It's very inconsistent. See, it's up and down. See, in the work of God around the world, sometimes there's not enough resources to help churches. Now, I have good news for you. We're able to meet here, and we're able to help Mexico and Central America on May 1st. We, we since I've been here, every year we've been able to meet the need that they have. Every year, without fail. And I can honestly say, when it comes to the missions contribution that we take up in the spring, uh, early summer, we're not, we give, we give, we give. And you heard the brothers here the last few weeks, and they came and they shared about the difference that it's making in the lives of families and other nations who don't have the resources that we have. What do we do as the richest nation in the world? And, and here's, here's something that Paul warned about. He said this. He said, he said this. He said, and, and this is a quote. He doesn't say this, but this is a quote. It doesn't take faith to give what's left. It takes faith to put God first. So in this tithe, and then we'll get to what Paul said, in this tithe, you look at the 10 and you get your paycheck and you say, you know what? Instead of going out to eat five times this week, I'm going to put God first. Right off the top, I'm putting God first. Here it is, God. Before I pay my mortgage, before I pay anything out, and then I'm going to live on the rest. Now, if you're really smart, you're really, really smart, you're going to take another 10, another, another 10%, and you're going to set it aside for savings. Now, that's free. That's free advice. But some of the smartest people, the wealthiest people in the world understand this principle of the 10-10-80 rule. They get it. But they understand if I'm going to continue to receive from God, I got to take this 10% and I got to give it back to a church, to a, 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 an organization that's helping other people get up off the ground. But it takes faith to do that. And see, a lot of times we don't have the faith to give a tithe. Here's where Paul says this. Look at this, and, and, and it's, it's, it's cute. Look, it's cute. The, the shop back, laugh, have fun. L let's look at how serious this, this is. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, have no, having a form of godliness. In other words, they have a form of religion. They might even go to church. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. In other words, they never see the supply, the power of God. And what is Paul's advice about these kinds of people? Have nothing to do with these kinds of people. Yeah, it's cute with the, it's cute with the shop back and everything else, but let me tell you what this problem with flow does in a family. It ruins it. ruins it. 
It rips the family at the very core. What does it do to a relationship? Marriage rips it apart. See, it's, it's cute when you look at the shop back, but when Paul's talking about it in this terms, he's saying this is sinful. This is all about me, and it's all for me, and it's, it's about me, and everything is about me, and there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a theme through this whole passage, and it starts out, very beginning, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. These last days are today. It all started the day at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. From there on forward, we're in them. Do you realize the first time that I read this passage, I came to real faith in the Word of God. It was about a week or two into my, my, my walk as a follower of Jesus. I'm like, man, how is it possible that this verse can perfectly describe my life and the lives of people around me? It was written 2,000 years ago, and it's boom, exactly See, times may change, but people don't. What's the first thing, the first sin on this list? People will be what? Go ahead and say it with me. Lovers of who? See? It's all about them. Whether it's a couple, a family, an individual, a church, it's all about them. It's not about God. God's not included. See, when you, have, when you have 10, God's not included. I don't have any time for God. I don't have enough money for God. So does he need your money? No, he doesn't need your money. Do you need the blessing? Do you need to change the flow of what's ruining your relationships and ruining your life? Yeah, you do. It's a fixed value where you say, you know what, I'm going to change the flow, and so I'm going to start giving to God so that I can protect myself from this treacherous sin of being so selfish and so focused on me. See, here's what happens. You and I were created to love God. But what happens with people is they replace God for other things. Look, look, look at it. It says, They'll be lovers of who? Themselves. And then lovers of what? These are replacements. See, they've replaced God with themselves. And, and I was, this was my biggest sin as a young man and still can be. My biggest sin is selfishness. And then, then look what happens when you, when you, when you, you, you lose the, the priority in your relationships. You become boastful because you're self-centered. You become proud, abusive. So you get abusive with people when it's all about you. You get ugly because you feel like people are taking advantage of you. And it gets worse. You, you get disobedient to your parents. The very people, come on, let me talk about this. The very people that provide for you. They'll give you anything. And you get disobedient with them? I was terrible with my parents growing up. Terrible. Ungrateful. Yet you don't appreciate it. Even if you got a blessing in your lap, you don't appreciate it. It's like it's not never enough. You're unholy. 
without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. This was a big one in my life. I could not control myself as a young man. And I knew it. I have no self-control. Fly off the handle at the least thing. I'd be in fights, angry, no self-control, brutal, not, here it is again, not lovers of the good. What do they love instead of good? Bad. Bad. Bad things. And then he says, it goes on from their treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of what? Wait, whoa, 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 we don't do this. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's like the people that say they can't wait till the next vacation. They can't wait till the next weekend, the next holiday. They're not happy. They're not happy now. You know what I'm saying? Why can't we be happy today? Today's Easter. Did you know it's Easter? Yes, because we celebrate every Sunday the resurrection of Jesus. But you're not fired up because it's not, it's not some big day. And it's like, okay, lovers of pleasure rather than here it is. Here it is. This is the one. Lovers of God. See, if we, if we can fix the flow, everything changes. Everything changes. So I want to encourage you today. And now here's the, cra- here's the crazy thing about this shop vac. Do you know that this shop vac, I can fix the flow on this shop vac? Check it out. This is crazy. See, this is like us. This is, this is like us, okay? This is like us. It's fixable. Say it with me. It's fixable. It's fixable. So let's fix it. Okay? We're going to take the inflow, okay, to... And we're going to put it over here on this side. See, this is, this is how it can go, right? See, I can take it and put it right over here, okay? You with me? And then I'm no longer a selfish person. Come over here. Come over here, Riddell. Man, I did you wrong before. You know what? I, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the flow. Look, you gave me a little of these Fruit Loops. I'm going to give you a big bag. Okay, kids need, kids need all that. Okay, and and the and the and the, and the goldfish here, dude. I got I got that. I'm so selfish, so selfish. And 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 this apple, I don't need that, man. Hey, and listen about that money that I sucked out of your wallet. Okay, listen, you 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 get there was like four dollars in there. All right, I'm going to give you like six. Okay, because I feel bad about that, dude. It was wrong what I did. Here, five. I got to give God. I got to give God a little bit. Okay, hey, you're awesome, bro. Okay. God bless you. Okay, so this is how it works, guys. We can fix the flow. There's some money. Hey, some money came out. See that? Came right out. So what can happen is, you know, we, I can come into church and I want to give a little love in church, right? So this thing's flowing right. I can give some love to the church, have some love, get some love. You know what else? You guys need some blessings. I got some of that for you guys. Here, get some of that. Get some of that. Get some of that. Okay? And then I got to give some to God because, you know, he needs it. He needs it. Okay, God, got to give it back to God, right? Give it back, give it back. Send it up. 
See what I'm saying here? And then I got so much money. I got it going on. Guys, I got it going on. I, I, I got to give money to church. Okay, I got to give money to church. You want it over here? Come and get it. Come and get it. Okay, go get that. I gave money to the church. So guys, somebody's going to have to clean all this up. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Who said you can't have fun at church? Most of our problems, listen, listen, this is serious. Most of our problems are not about a lack of provision, but a lack of priority. The flow is broken. The flow is broken. If you want to be filled, God's got the answers. But you've got to reprioritize. If you want to see some changes in your life, you, you've got nobody, no, there's not going to be any other platform where they're going to, we're going to talk about things like this in church. You've got to be here at church every week. You've got to change your priorities. Some of you come when you can and you've got other things going on and then you wonder why it's a leak, why there's a leak. You're bouncing around here and there. No, you've got to be plugged in in one place with the same people who you know, who know you, and you're going to be accountable with them. Priority. If you want to make changes in your life, you've got to change things around. And I'm not just talking about the money that's spread on the floor there. If you think I'm only talking about money, you miss the point of the whole message. This relates to every area of your life. What is the one thing that God wants from us? Does he want our money? He wants the relationship. And guess why money is so tied to our heart? Do you know that God has one big competitor for our heart? Do you know what that big competitor is of our hearts? It's money. It's not Apple computers. It's not flat TVs. It's not new cars. It's money. It's his number one competitor. And so that's why he wants, he wants our heart. So if you, if you want the supply, and guys, we got to start thinking about California. You know, California is in a terrible shortage, but God can fix it. He can fix it. In one week, he fixed it in South Carolina. You think he can fix our drought? Absolutely. But we need to humble out as a state, and maybe as a church we can take the first step and say, God, we need you. Can you send more rain? But not physical rain, spiritual rain on our state. Help our state to be more generous so we have enough, so we have more than enough. If our state were more godly and more generous, what would God do? What would he do? Look at this verse, Matthew. This is, a, this is an incredible example, and then we're going to wrap it up. There was a little boy, and they were out in the, it was late in the afternoon. They were out in the middle of the desert, 5,000 men. And Jesus finds a little boy, and, and I appreciate the little boy because he, he had his lunch. And he had two fish and seven loaves, five loaves, right there. Five loaves, see? And he, Jesus says, bring them here to me. 
And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. What did Jesus do with the five loaves and the two fish? To the supplier. He said, guys, I know where this came from. This came from you. And I know that you can take these two fish and these five loaves and feed not 5,000. More scholars say 10,000 if you include women and children. 10,000 people. How does five loaves and two fish feed that many people? And not just feed that many people. They had 12 doggy bags after it was over. Read it. He says, bring the 12. He said, he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up into heaven. He gave thanks, broke the loaves. Then he gave it to them and the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the people, and everybody was fed, and there was left over. See, when God provides, when he supplies, there's leftovers. There's so much. So I want to say this to us as, church, as a church. Guys, if we really want to see blessings in our lives personally and as a church, we got to start reevaluating our priorities. College students, since when do you have an out with that you don't need to give back to God because you're just a college student? Since when? If you get this now, can you imagine what your life's going to be 30 years from now? Hate to say it, that's where I'm at. And I'm blessed. I am blessed. I got to tell you, I got to make a confession right now because I, I know I'm not perfect, but I was coming back from, uh, you know, San Diego. I had a meeting with a brother who's doing this project in Mexico, and I was driving back, and I was coming down the 5 Freeway through Camp Pendleton, and I was going too fast, 78 miles an hour. And I'm cruising, you know. And comes up right behind me, highway patrol, pulls me over. You know, and you get that flush feeling. Oh, Jesus. I started calling on Jesus, okay? Because I started doing the math. Okay, I got, I got the, you know, the speeding ticket. Then, then, then there's a traffic school. Then there's the insurance hike. I, I got pulled over. This was, uh, this was Wednesday. So, man, I'm just I'm praying, okay, God, I deserve this. I'm sorry. And, you know, if there's any way that you can have mercy on me. <laughs> okay, and, I, and I, get, I get the highway patrol guy. He comes out, and, man, he looks like he's in Camp Pendleton because it's right off the base. He looks like he's, he's bald. He's got these serious Ray-Ban, I'm going to do something. <laughs> and he, I lowered the passenger window, and I said, yes, officer, uh, I'm sorry, and he said, yep, yeah, I, you know why I stopped you, right? And I said, yes. Because you were speeding. And you had those two ear things in your, in your earbuds, and you only have one. Okay? And you don't have a front license tag. So I got those three things. So he goes off and, you know, walks back to his car, and I'm watching him through the rearview mirror, you know. And he's got his head down, and he's writing that ticket writing that ticket. And so I'm just praying, God, I'm sorry. You know, I deserve it. I need to slow down. He comes back. And I'm praying, you know, the whole time. Like, okay, God, whatever. I deserve it. Whatever I get, I get. He says, all right, listen. I'm going to give you a break today. And 
not going to give you for the speeding ticket. And you know how your heart just starts to well up with gratitude. Uh, and the earbuds, I'm not going to give you a ticket for that. But for the front license tag, I got right here. If you don't get this fixed, okay, in 30 days, then you're going to get a ticket. And I'm like, officer, thanks. This is awesome. You're so awesome. Okay? God bless you. Have a nice day. And he said, you have a nice day, and watch yourself as you're pulling out. And be careful and slow down. Okay? I'm, and I, I know it doesn't happen to all of us, okay? And I, there's other times, you know, a few years back, I got pulled over, and I got the ticket. Okay, I got the but this week, I didn't get the ticket. So if you go out to my car, you notice there's a front license plate. Okay, got that fixed up. And let me tell you something else I've done. Slow down. Slow down. Why are you in such a hurry? See, you got to use anything to get the flow right. And so now I did the math, and I'm thinking, man, I got, I got you know, probably about $400 that I just am blessed with, I got to figure out a way how I can take that and bless somebody with it because I didn't deserve that. See, these are the kinds of things that you need to take into account. I'm so grateful. And I got some other stories. I'll save them for next week because we got to wrap this up. But, but God is so good. Look at what Paul said, and we're going to wrap it up. And my God... And my God, this is Paul saying, my God will meet all your needs. How many? How many does all include? According to the riches. Now, here's, here's something you've got to see. Riches. How rich is God? Everything. He's got everything, right? According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Guys, listen, God's got everything we need. He's got the supply. He's got the supply. Why are we living in shortage? Because of the flow. So I want to give you this challenge this week. I, I want to encourage you to get the flow right. Here's the flow. You need to get your faith right. You, you, you need to start taking steps of faith. Stop holding back because of your lack of faith. Identify. It's not your circumstance. It's your lack of faith. You're not consistent because you don't trust him. You do not trust God in the aspects of your life. And love, you know, it's not just about money. It's about faith. It's about love, sharing love with people. Who can you love today? And loving people outside of our church, going into their homes. Obedience, just do it. If God says it, just do it. Trust him. And last thing is worship. I think some of us need to spend more time in worship outside of church. Just adoring God, how good he is to us all the time. And I'll leave you with this, and we're going to take the communion because it's time to go. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Do you know where the center of all the blessings come? Jesus on the cross. That's where it all happens. That's why we take communion. Because this is where the flow can start over. You know what, God? This week has not been my best week. So please, 
Help me start over, hit the reset. Pray with me and let's take the communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for being so, so good to us. God, thank you for richly, richly blessing our lives. And I know there's some of us here, we've got some leaks in our lives and things are not going well. Help us to fix the flow. Because we know, God, in an instant, you can fix what's missing. You can fix the drought in our lives. Thank you for Jesus dying for us on the cross to let us know that you love us. Help us, God, today, as Malachi said, to return to Jesus, to return to the cross, return to the foot of the cross, and, and, and take responsibility for the ways that we've been living that have not been according with what you want. Father, and I pray that today, because of the cross, we will recommit to giving back to you, to your church. Father, help us, because I know there's going to be more than we can imagine. Like Malachi said, the floodgates are just going to be flowing into our lives and into our church, even into our state, even into our country. Help us, God, to be a part of the solution. Thank you. We lift up Jesus' body and blood as we take the communion together. Bless it. And help us forgive us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.